Hello and welcome to the Chris Ham Podcast, episode number 36, beginning of February. Expect the next nine months. Um, we have no more football left to have a lot of random shit as usual, but uh, we're going to have a lot of politics. It's going to be a mix of guests and solo shows and a lot of fun. And uh, welcome, to, welcoming to the show today is my, uh, yeah, I, I'm looking at you because you're going to make fun of the way I intro you, but my wife, Jen, Renaissance woman, super mom. Super wife, writer, yoga instructor, um, NYU grad- graduate, Binghamton graduate, former um, a swim swim instructor. This is you are really. <laughs> See, I have to rattle this scr- this stuff scr- out. But you didn't write. You could have written it down. Yeah, but everybody knows who you are. Uh, hello. So, welcome to the show, honey. Hi, I'm Jen, swim instructor. <laughs> <laughs> no, you. I, I was trying to think. Oh, uh, aquatics director. You were like the aquatics director. I was back back in the day. Bar uh, bartender. No, like a waitress. My name is Jenna. We met. Getting <laughs> <laughs> all nervous now. <laughs> all right. So on the show today, we have we're going to cover a bunch of random, random, sh- random stuff. Random shit. Am I, am I cursing too much? Maybe that could be one of the topics. Um, and then after we that, we should talk about that. We should talk about that. After that, we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna hop into um, just a quick recap of the Super Bowl as we say goodbye to the NFL season for the next seven months. Uh, and then I'm gonna do my newly branded popping off section, which is just a combination of hot takes, rants, and burning questions. So buckle up. Here we go. All right. So let's go, honey. This is our third show together, right? We did pregnancy. Mm-hmm. We did uh, sports takes and like a lot of your your very accurate predictions. Mm-hmm. Some like NFL stuff. You you gave me a lot of shit about Darnold. Mm-hmm. We talked. I think we talked about Eli Manning. Mm-hmm. So we're we're gonna mostly stay away from that. It's just gonna be a whole random assortment of things. Uh, we discussed some of the topics before this. We wrote some out. You're generally on board with with, with some of the things that I wrote down. Yeah, I'm I sent excited. you. Well, before we start, I just want. To let people know, we're currently thir- thirty-five weeks pregnant, and yes. my um, heavy-set man breath <laughs> is <laughs> in full effect. So, if anyone hears, I can't hear it on my end. The feedback <laughs> it's like <laughs> sometimes I wonder if I Eloise's guess, breathing is me or you. Like, where'd you get that from? I, it, well, my <laughs> typical non-pregnant breath is this. It goes, um, hold like, on. I know, yeah, I, I yeah. know what it's, it is. It's, it's like, like I hold it and then it goes. Is that is that voluntary or involuntary? Wait, hold on, Barry. I got to do it so they can they can contrast. So typically, it's like yeah, like that, like that. Yeah, but now it's like this, <sighs> and I'm sitting, guys. So, anyways, I just wanted to give them the heads up so they can listen if they like. If they want to opt out, now is the time. Because I can't control this. Um, you pointed out to me yeah. astutely that I didn't even realize this, but the episode numbers are yeah. aligned with your progression of pregnancy weeks. Yeah. I mean, pretty accurate. I mean, this is 36. You're not 36 yet, but you're basically whenever I record and release this show, I have to go back and figure this out. But that's when uh, that's the that's the number well, of weeks by, you're pregnant. So you usually release on a Saturday or a Sunday. Yeah, and you're like, this is week 36, so right. for the week ahead. What? Well, yeah, yeah. And by Thursday, I will be culminating 
week 36. 36. You're right. You know, I I feel like at one point I threw in a few bonus ones here and there, so it probably isn't completely accurate. I probably started this podcast into our pregnancy. I know when I did start it, we didn't know we were pregnant yet. And I know for like, obviously there's that, that two and a half month, three month period, the first trimester, I guess, I guess two and a half months when you actually know you don't tell anybody. Right. So just interesting, just interesting to note. So I feel like a breath is coming. Hold on, tell me. Just <laughs> I'm not, sorry. Now, now all, all the everybody listening is gonna oh, be looking out okay. for it. But I was saying, does our does your does the does our breath does your like Eloise like kind of like is like a the way she breathes like we, we checked this out when she was like a baby to make sure everything was okay. Well, she came out of the womb like a raptor. Yeah, she sounded <laughs> like, like a, a raptor. dinosaur when she was sleeping. I don't even. It was like squealy something, and now she sounds like a sixty-nine-year-old heavy set. Irish man in a local pub who shouldn't be there at three o'clock in the afternoon who had like one too many Guinnesses and too many chili that's, cheese fries. That's hundred percent accurate. And is about to fall off yeah. the stool. That's how she breathes <laughs> on the legs. Anybody who knows her, that's pretty accurate. And that's said with a lot of love, but it's accurate. I'm wondering like I know like my breath like when I sometimes breathe heavy. <laughs> And you obviously I'm read this way. I'm grateful that you weren't recording when you were chowing down on your almond milk and double chocolate chip cookies before, because I had the micro the headphones on and listening you to that. It's what disgusting. is it called? Somebody mentioned the mesophobia. What? What's, I don't what, know. There's like a, a, a thing. I, I know it's like a phobia, some kind of phobia. We'll like, look it up. I, like I literally, if I could get off the couch. I would have, but I was just held hostage. You're listening to you. Um, yeah, well, this is Friday nights, like the the day of the week. Probably I gorge myself the most. We have our we have our Friday night. Why well, I gorge myself other days too? You do cookies at least every night. If it's not, I mean, if they're not your homemade cookies. They're a type of cookie. Yeah, but they're like you like like do your two servings of Oreos. One serving, two cookies. Well, one. Yeah. yeah okay. No, I'm a like sweet that. tooth. Or right. you you take out your batch. I don't know if the listeners. I don't know. No, we sure. talked about. This I mean, I've talked about that. I love cookies. I make you know you make fun of me. Give me shit all you want. I make fresh because it's like I'd rather do that than buy processed cookies. Mm-hmm. I make the cookies from scratch and, and batter, but I'm not going to make like the whole batch. And like first of all, because they eventually go stale after like two or three days. Any batch of cookies that's homemade, right? And you know even if you heat them in the microwave, they're not as good. And, and I also am like more prone to eating more if I have like like. 12 cookies in front of me or 20 cookies i'm going to eat like three or four what i do is i'll make the batter put in the refrigerator and then i'll every i usually do like two or three nights a week i'll i'll, I'll make two cookies fresh and i'll eat them and the other nights i have like a lower caloric so every option other night. i guess so something like that yeah i guess every, every other, other night, night all right fine and then the nights in between you usually have either your peppermint oreo yeah, or your that's what's true. the other one you bought Double chocolate ones. Yeah, I don't know. That's new. Anybody who doesn't know me probably thinks I'm like this like three hundred pound person. No. But I, yeah. I like they can I, tell by your fancy um cartoon podcast Chris art. Sam um, podcast. I, I, I weighed myself today. I was 100, 183 pounds exactly. I like that. You like that? Um I'm gonna I was I, I was looking at that cartoon. I actually think I'm gonna ask that that cartoonist to make a, a new one. Cool. Like a, like a more snazzy one because it's a little formal. All right. But 
Well, anyway. I think it's like the Times New Roman font. Maybe that is. That All right, I'll, I'll work on it. I'll I work on like it. I feel like if we could do some jazzier, jazz it up a little bit. font, I think you could still keep the picture. Just like, it's like that like navy blue. It reminds me of like when I, we started dating, <laughs> you were the New York sports fan, 928 on AOL or AIM. All right. It's like that pinstripe. Yankee blue. Well, that's the color. That's the theme color of my podcast. Right, we're we're, we're going to revisit all this now that we have thirty six episodes in. I'm going to look at look at some of this stuff. This is all part of the evolution rebranding. Um, not rebranding the style, just kind of evolving organically here. So, what I was going to say about Friday night. So, we we've been having this routine pretty much like at least the second and third tri- trimester of you being pregnant. Of our and I won't name the places because I don't want to. I don't want to expose exactly where we go, even though I, I love the, the places. But there's places that are in our area, and you and what I've been doing is doing a food run on Friday nights after Eloise goes to sleep because I like, I like having at least one night of a week of like a meal in peace where she's not like we're, we're not tell, telling her, "Honey, sit in your seat, honey." If you're not done, you have to come back to your seat, and like where she's not like trying to rush us to the next to the bath or her toothbrush or, or her, her brushing her teeth, and like we go and we get a burger. I, I get a barbecue burger, fries, and I pick up ravioli from for a really one of our favorite restaurants to go out. I'll do two fountain um, sprites from McDonald's, mm-hmm. and I'll put in a grenadine and a few cherries for a show. This is all Chris, by the this way. This is all. This yeah. is like this has been. We've been together almost thirteen years. Yep. This particular specific order type has been going strong the whole time. Do well, not, I've been I've been doing this the whole time. I, I no, I'm a I'm a creature of habit where I do stuff like this. Where yeah. you go to like specific places for like, specific things. You you were gonna say Sue's? Yeah, I was gonna yeah. see if they knew about Sue's. Probably not. I've been, I've brought it up on this, but uh, yeah, when we lived in the city, even before you and I started dating, we had um, I would go to the same deli. I started going to when I was like 22. Because you lived across, so the, lived across street. the street. So I lived across the street. And I would go to the deli every Monday night, get a Cajun chicken wrap, which is like a grilled chicken wrap with like avocado, cheese, like lettuce, oh, tomato. Like it's still Really good it. with like this really good buffalo sauce. It was so good. Which is normal on the surface if I just got that. But what I would get. Buffalo. Yeah, buffalo yeah, sauce. What I would get on top of that would be a toasted blueberry bagel with extra butter. Mm-hmm. And an apple turnover, and, that'd be, and and I'd have like a diet or Coke Zero with it, and that would be pretty much my Monday night dinner. And it was my Monday night dinner for the better part of like I don't know twelve years. I mean, and just to put this in perspective, so your peeps at home know, you lived across the street from this place. Yes, you then moved like ten blocks, ten up. blocks up. Then you moved all the way to the Upper West Side. Yep. This was in yep. Murray Hill, or yep. like on like First Avenue, yep. Murray yep. Hill area. He's right. Then we moved to the Upper East Side. We used to take the bus yep. up and down. <laughs> this was after work, by the way. Then we moved back, back to the, upper, to West the side. upper West Side. Then you moved to Battery Park. Yeah, Battery then Park. Then we City. moved back to the Upper West Side. Then yep. we moved back to Battery Park. Yep. So the you battery have stopped park, like, going since we moved to Westchester. However, fun fact: yes, the man who owns this his deli, sister, sister owns the deli a town over. Yeah, I could probably get the same replica, but I guess I've I've outgrown it. But now we at don't this like point. the scene there. Right, we won't go. That's a yeah. We don't we don't like the scene in this particular deli. Deli. I mean, you can get into it. It's well, about it's po- your politics. I guess politics is going to be, um, you know. We we have a political map. I mean, these are out there. There's a New York Times map. There's like a, there's like a there's all kinds of CNN map. 
uh, tells you like how which towns and districts voted a certain way and like this particular town that we're talking about near us trump trump heavy town here's here's a topic though it's not yeah. on your agenda not on, my, not on the docket but we would venture to say that even without looking at a map there is an energy and a vibration to political pockets 100 percent cohesive political pockets because you energetically are attracted to similar vibrations and we knew before you even looked on this map yep the vibration that was there yeah we knew we weren't that into it right right and i'm trying not to say this to sound negative towards one party and positive towards the other but 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 here i go (laughs) the butt disclaimer there are certain characteristics like you alluded to i think it was like two podcasts ago like you know like really big like progressives like indian food and like there's there are certain like characteristics and so i don't know i think you could just feel that stuff in a town when you when you drive through it and and i don't want to be divisive so i know you 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 want to like get rid of the whole two-party system in general it's not about like i want to get rid of it's the not about democrat system. versus I republican stop labeling yeah. parties it's i think right now like i i one i think there's i would love to see more independence and there might be more independence. We just don't hear about it because that's not the way mainstream media is. Yeah. Which is great. Like it encourages me when people are independent. Those are the best conversations I can get 100%. into. But I also feel like people are so multifaceted and have every person has different values, like a spectrum of your own values, like a bar graph, so to speak, of like certain things you care about and everybody cares about different things differently or puts a different weight on different things. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to just say, well, you're a Democrat, so you care about this and you're Republicans who care about that. There's so much variety, right? which is why I also think elections should actually be done based on your positions on specific things. Um, versus candidates like that's a whole I could go into like a whole other thing yeah and, and and I agree with you and there's also certain like quote-unquote Democrats that bother me than more than Republicans we which we'll get oh, into 100 so it's not like just like oh somebody like the more left somebody is the more that I like them or you like them it's not about that and like we like it's it's and it's also even about not about this town being like a Republican town it's more the just the type of people that tend to reside no, like there. What the I type was saying of, is the like, type yeah, of the type, well, the, the bar graph, I think they're, they care about certain things that I, I, I it's a different, it's different vibe. It's different vibe and um, not into it. So we actually don't really. Yeah. Well, this particular there. town, it's, this is just, con- this isn't just conjecture or BS. Like I told you when I went to the grocery store, we saw our uh, friend who yeah. we've seen driving around this area in a, his yeah. blue pickup truck and his and his uh his flag was Trump 2020 and you know I, I've seen plenty of things like you know keep America great all these other slogans that are on the flag for him it was like enough of the bullshit or like uh, mm. like stop the bullshit it's something but, very but angry to our point though there's people that support Trump and it's not for the probably the same reasons this guy with his flag right 
supports him. Exactly. Right? Like yep. there's different reasons why people support him. So yeah. my whole thing with the whole labeling, and I actually am really happy that this is getting brought up, because I really think it's an important point to say is that now I lost my train of thought because I'm pregnant and I feel like <laughs> I probably have to pee. Um, um, is that we just, I want to get away from no more labeling. Labeling. Like, and it's even like, like I have a tendency when I see somebody like that, I immediately call them a moron because it sounds like an insult, but it's not so terrible of an insult. So I could like spiritually sit in my own body and be okay with it. But I, I like have to stop myself from this like us versus them. Like I, I just if I that it's not serving any of us to be really. I think it'd be just so much more beneficial if we can just. What do you care about? What do you care about? What do you care about? I just want to know what you care yeah, about. Yeah, that's actually a really good question. Like, like I agree with you. Like, it's so. I tend, I, I feel like I'm, I'm evolving a little bit from the perspective, like I'm getting better. Where I, I would just usually like hear, oh, this person's a Republican, I get angry. Oh, this person's a Trump Republican, I get even more angry. Now I'm more like, okay, like what's their, you know, wh- like why do they feel this way? Like what's like, you know, everybody's different. You have to respect that. But then also it's like, what issues do you care about? Like, 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 and and there's plenty of low information voters out there too that like say like, oh, I don't like socialism, but they don't really know it, why they say that. Or there's plenty of people that are like, oh, like I'm a Republican, but they don't even know why they're Republican. Even some Democrats, you know, Democrats too. It's the same thing. So a lot of times it's like getting to the crux of what issues do you care about, and having a discussion around and it. I think there's more commonality, and even if there's not commonality, at least you're speaking about issues, right? And not, not getting into this rah rah like label, sports team mentality. Labeling. Yeah, and labeling. Yeah, I saw something the other day on LinkedIn of all places. So I deleted Instagram the app off my phone I haven't had Facebook on my phone in forever but like I got off of it because I just get too sensitive about everything and I saw something on LinkedIn and it was like I guess some some judge got arrested for helping illegal immigrants when ICE was like coming after them or something and someone was like these liberal snowflakes blah 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 blah. and I immediately was like this fucking guy but then I'm like, take a step back. If I didn't hear his comment, how do I truly feel about what I'm reading? Right. And I was like, I have strong stances on ICE and I have strong stances on our immigration policies here. But I was like, if I didn't read his commentary calling liberals snowflakes and this like hateful rhetoric, would I be would I question if she did the right thing? And I think as soon as we go into these labels, your spine is up and you're immediately like, I'm defending my party. I'm defending like how I label myself and how I, I put myself in a box. But it's like the more we can get away from just being like, I'm this and I'm that. So therefore I act like this. We can really start to ask ourselves honestly, what do I care about? What do I value? Right. And I just, I just think it, it gives more breeding ground for to find more commonality and also more new, new ideas, more parties, more solutions that are more like um, collaborative, collaborative than what we're seeing right so, now. You mentioned it before. That's why I love like talking independence sometimes. And like, yeah, I did this. I, I shared this on the podcast, and I, I heard like a like a somewhere around this this uh, percentage, but like. 
42 percent or so of people in the u.s are independents like 30 something so, percent isn't that encouraging it is encouraging and like there's plenty of friends that we have that are like kind of like don't identify with either party don't feel like strongly but it's good to have conversations with, with those friends because they they just kind of like it's not some of the like it cuts some of the anger that you'd have if you're having it with somebody who's like so far on the other side of because the spectrum. Because we back into our beliefs based off of the labels we put on yeah, ourselves right. and other people. Right. And that's what I'm trying to say. If you could take the labels off, you can really ask yourself, yeah, what, do you, how, what do you really believe? What do you like, care so about? So my dad, let's just, Yeah. I feel like you want to probably say this on every podcast. Maybe you don't feel ready for it. Like he, we tend to like have explosive fights. And when we fight and I hear what he says... I'm like, I don't even know if you really believe what you're saying right? or if it's just the fact that I don't think like you. Yeah, you're we're, further left in the spectrum. We're, we're, I'm, I'm going further left, you're going further right. And that's right. like a psychological, people do that. Well, you know, look that's at a real it, thing. Another example with my parents who are like the other side of the spectrum, like they always call us like closet Republicans because they're so far left. That even uh, your mom in this election. Well, she claims dialing that, it back. You're right. She's bit. dialing it back, and and, and all Mayor Pete, who's the, more in the center of the of, of left. Than, typically, than left. leading up to this election, I'd say she was. We we would call her so. Well, they're talking about left. backing into her own. Like you know, she wants well, to support Pete, for, right. and and she's kind of backing into it a lot. Yeah, like, it's a, it's it a feels really, like it. it feels like it's really interesting. Um. Well, I want to give her props because she tried to clarify her point to us the other day, and I don't even know if we gave her the platform to do that. So you should have her on one I should. so she could right. <laughs> so she could explain right. herself. But we, um, I, I just, I, you know, we were talking. Oh, I don't know. We can we can go on and on. I know we want to get to other things, but my guess, my whole main point is, I would love to see all of us, all of us, try to be mindful of our language when we speak to ourselves about other people when mm -hmm. we're speaking to other people and 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 see if like we can take out the label how it changes how how it might change yeah, the conversation totally. and and might i just say this was the origin of your original podcast right in my experience well, i was gonna call it in my was experience to get people to come on and talk about their well i experience. still like to do that like my goal now that like you know, I, you know how like diehard football I am. And now the football's over. We're in like kind of this wasteland for the next few months when it comes to sports. And I'm like, I'm gonna, but like, I really want to hit on a lot of politics, especially in the election year. And I want to do it from different angles that are people come talking about their experience and like, like just try to do it from like more unique angles. Mm -hmm. You know, like the whole Italian Americans across the political spectrum. I want to focus on independence. In a few different episodes, um, yeah, I want to try to find like a few different like political anomalies too. Like, let's get the independents to get more vocal. Yeah, get out there. Let's and get some more parties. I mean, let's. The, I just want to end with this. Well, I have a couple of political things to end with. That oh, I want okay. To talk about, but, but, but what? what I'll point end you my with? part on this. Okay. The other reason why the labeling does not serve anybody right is because if you look across the Dem democratic candidates right now it is a wide variety yeah wide variety yep. and it's not fair to just paint everybody with the same brush right yeah from from like biden to bernie is drastically different and there's a big pill to swallow in our history of what we would label people with republicans of like 
not everybody is a Trump Republican. Not everybody is a Trump Republican the same way. Right. Not right. everybody, like, you know, it's, I, I think growing up in your household, the belief was like, if you're a Republican, you're probably part of the KKK. <laughs> or you're in the KKK, you're definitely Republican. Republican. Is what your family well, there says. probably is some, to be fair, there probably sure. is a lot of truth to that but it's, concept. it's still the same painting of the yeah. whole. And yeah. I used to debate your parents about right. this for, for right. years. Right. But so again, that's my whole point is that you can't paint us all the same. Um, and even this whole socialist rhetoric, like let's just stop fucking saying it. Yeah, like, that's so one of the things I was going to ask you about. What do you, what it's, are your thoughts on that? When it's like, first of all, I'm going to be, it's become such a dirty word. Can you go on dictionary.com? I actually right did. Now? Green can thing, like, please, that's, how, that's how we're together for 13 years for myself and the folks at home. Yeah. What is the actual definition of a socialist? So this is according, according to Merriam Webster. So one is any of various economic and political theories advocating collective or governmental ownership and administration of the means of production and distribution of goods. That's so the definition of one. Isn't that government like in general? I mean, essentially it's just saying like, so then, right, so then there's two other, there's two other definitions, which I'll read a system of society or group living in which there is no private property. That seems extreme. Then it's a system or condition of society in which the means of production are owned and controlled by the state. And then, like, it's just so, so th those are the different examples of it. And I think, like, it essentially means that, like, 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 I think the way that the when it's a dirty word, it's like people think that, like, everybody should be making the same money and, like, everything should be equalized. There should be complete distribution of wealth. Like, those are the people that are fearful about so quote unquote socialism. But, like, somebody like Bernie Sanders is just basically saying, hey, like, our healthcare system is fucked up. Like, it should be a, a single payer system. That's his belief. You know, things like that or like, you know, why like, you know, pharmaceutical companies are corrupt. Uh, student loan, like student loan, the whole student loan industry is corrupt. Like that's what I think, like how Bernie is branding it rather than like. So, this, so I think there's just like people are so afraid and like, you know, Trump said, I think in the State of the Union this week, like socialism destroys destroys nations. Like it's just an interesting concept. It was it. It's the buzzword. Republicans are using it. Democrats are using right. it. Everybody's using it yep. as this dirty buzzword. I don't. It's kind of funny how like sexism and racism that's been like plaguing the presidency for since before he was elected. That word doesn't have the same right. kind of like the same bite. Fear. But yeah. I will say we also live in a Westchester suburb outside of New York City that's heavily finance and and whatnot and so clearly a lot of people that live around here are horrified of anyone taking their money but it's interesting because it's mostly progressive and leaning this is where this is the I whole have, quote unquote this is, this is one of the things i was going to ask you about the whole social I, hey you hear this all the time i'm socially liberal but i'm fiscally conservative no, that is my one of my most frustrating <laughs> quotes that i hear from people because that basically what you're telling me is like i'm cool with people being gay, and I, I guess I'm cool with immigrants, and I, I'm, I'm cool with all this stuff as long as it doesn't affect my money. If it's gonna affect my money, meaning then I have to like help other people have health care and other people get an education, like it's only as far as their money takes them. And some, like something I'm really, really struggling with during this election, talking to everybody across all parties, yeah, is how much money dictates 
people's values. Totally. And somebody gave me a great quote the other day. I said, Jen, I just don't think you realize that inherently how selfish people are. Yeah. And I'm getting. People don't even realize it half the time either. People don't even realize it. Yeah. When you tell me you're socially liberal, I I want, my next question is going to say, how? I want to know how. How are you socially liberal? Right. And if someone says, oh, I give to charity, I'm going to say, interesting that you give to charity, but you have a really hard time with the left saying, okay, this is a fucked up system Yeah. that billionaires, billionaires, not even, and this is the other thing I want to say to my friends, you're never going to get there. This whole so I don't care thing, how wealthy you are. Which mostly Americans all support. You have a hard time with like them being taxed or affecting that and everybody and like that, that helping everybody, right. the majority of our country. Especially when it comes to things like, like healthcare and education, healthcare and education. which is healthcare a privilege? No, it's a, in my opinion, it's a right. Like if you're more wealthy, do you deserve to be able to live if you get diagnosed with cancer? Like There is a fundamental belief yeah. that, the wealthier you are, the smarter you are. The wealthier you are, you deserve good things. And what is what people, what I'm seeing, have a really hard time understanding, is that we are all we are all created equal, but we're not born equal, and that's not fair. Yeah, it's not fair. We are all like my biggest point is every single person. Black, white, rich, poor, Spanish, illegal immigrant, legal immigrant. I don't give a shit. Republican, Democrat, fucking socialist or communist. Mm -hmm. Every person is born with a heart who wants their family to be healthy and safe and happy and do better than they had. Every person, every single person. We are all human. But there is this belief this message that we have taken in by society and our structure that it's like if you're wealthy you're smarter if you're wealthy you're this if you're wealthy you're that and there's or if you're wealthy you worked hard you worked hard and it's just not true yeah it's not a linear and the thing system at all is not working right for the majority of americans and i listen i grew up in a wealthy upper class town i went to a private catholic school for high school with tommy hilfiger's daughter an african princess like i mean you name it and i went to graduate school like i'm i'm not like i grew up in that world this area like it, it's people care more about their money than they do about like this is not sorry let me t let me rewind that what we see when we drive around our towns is not normal and even though we live in a world in which working in finance making a lot of money big banks all this stuff these are our peers this is us you work in a fine like part of a division of finance mm -hmm. like if not strictly wall street but that's serving a very small population and we and i feel sad that under our nose and our neighbors are people that work just as hard for their families try to make as much money as they can for their families but they can't because the system is not helping them yeah and i just i don't understand 
why we it doesn't like why we can't find solutions Mm -hmm. and it's like people are so scared like honest to god christopher we we don't we make what we make you can tax me and then somebody actually brought this up who's i don't know if he's like independent or republican and he was like but jen you're you're assuming that you're okay with where your tax money is going like what if it's not going to the places that you are in agreement with and i was like that's a really good point which is why we have to vote for people whose values we align with. Right, exactly. Because you want to, you want faith that it's going to go to things that you care about, and that's a big thing too. It's like fiscal priority. But yeah, I have the same issue as you have with like the whole fiscally conservative, uh, but but socially liberal. Basically, means like, oh, I'll care about social issues to a point as long as it doesn't affect affect my, my tax dollars. I mean, that, that's really what it what it what it what it sounds like to me. It's like. Like, but where are your tax dollars going now? And this is where I say it I all know. comes down to yeah. money. You need to follow your money. You can tell me that you are, um, you know, whatever. Just go to your candidate that you're for and see where they're getting their money from. And if it's from the NRA, but you're telling me you're socially liberal, like yeah. I, chances are if you're a liberal, you're probably not, the NRA is not giving that much money to Democrats. No. But it doesn't matter. Just follow it. Just if like if you're against the pharmaceutical industry or the healthcare or whatever yeah. it is, follow the money. Follow the money. It's all being dictated by money. Yep. And it just, it makes me so sad because there's such a disparity and like, we are all here on this earth to feel good, love ourselves, love each other, and want the best for everyone. And I don't think it's fair that just because somebody has it harder, like we're not here to help them out. Like when one person rises, the whole country is going to rise. And this is where I want like a good, beautiful spreadsheet chart to show people yep. we're not number one in education, we're not number one in healthcare, we're not number one in a lot of these. Like we mm-hmm. have one of the highest cancer rates in the world. Gun, so gun, gun we safety. have the highest gun violence probably yeah. in any first world country so it's like this belief that it's like well this is what i'm talking like about like that we can't do better we, of course for we can each do better it's crazy and and like this like 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 that like, like the point i was gonna make about the the like people not caring uh only caring to a certain point it's like people live in a bubble you're privileged if you if you're able to say i'm socially liberal but fiscally conservative you're privileged mm. you're in a bubble like there's something like if you show your bank account and your income to the middle of the country, they would vomit. Like, like you have to have a, have awareness. I'm not I'm not advocating that like all of our taxes just go up if we're in like a, a certain income bracket. Like I'm not saying that. Like, but there's so much many like corporate favors that are given to these companies and benefit of the doubt and like and, tax dollars paid. And excuse me. Corporate socialism. Corporate socialism. These same people yeah. that are like, "Ooh, socialism." I'm sorry. What do you think a government bailout is? Right. What do you think social security is? Right. What do you think it is when you call your cops? What, who do you think's taking care of your highways? Mm-hmm. Who do you think's coming to the, your fire? Yeah, like, we don't have private police officers. We don't like, like this <laughs> is ridiculous, we, and it's we don't like paying the, like police insurance or something like that. Like they're they're socialism social for our, our safety, social, yeah, and there's socialism around. So your why own can't money. they be for so healthcare? So why education? can't there be yeah. for healthcare and education? Because right now, where our money is going, seven hundred and thirty-eight billion. What is it? Trillion dollars going to our 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 um our, the 738 trillion dollars is going towards our military right military I'm like blanking on all these words uh um, baby brain total baby brain so it's like 
if we if your money you're okay with your money going there like that's not okay with me like i just i really 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 want people to ask themselves what do i really care about yeah what are your top three issues what are your top three issues and also be really honest with ourselves of where we're fucking selfish. Right. Where are we selfish? Exactly. And I'm like, I get it. We're all going to have different bar. And I said these bar graphs of values. Like we're all going to have different bar graphs. Yeah. But let's just be honest with ourselves about what we value and what we care about. And then really like hold up a mirror to what you say. So if you're like, I'm socially liberal, but you're like, but actually I care the most about my fucking money and I care about right. all these other things, then, then, own then, it. then own it. But people are also, I think, delusional. And then so like, like, like then we can move on from this point, but like they think they're close to being a billionaire than they actually are. I mean, I mean, or even a multimillionaire. I'm sorry, but my friends that are like so nervous right. about Bernie Sanders coming after their money, He's not I'm like, money. you're fucking delusional. Yeah. You don't make that much money and you're not going to make that much money. And Bernie Sanders probably makes more money than you. Right. So it's like, this is, and, and, and yeah. the fact that you hear a lot of people like, oh, well, Republicans know how to handle money. It's like, mm, Pretty sure there's no, a lot always, of liberals out look there. At the, look at all are, the deficits that have been run up on the Republican president. It's like the whole stock market thing is bullshit too, because the stock market performs well when there's Democrats in office. Also, it's like this whole like narrative. These all these like false there's narratives. There's these false beliefs around money yeah. that I I wish we would challenge as a nation. Yes, and stop putting so much prestige. I mean, to be quite honest with you, a lot of the I think part of the reason Trump won is because he seems he talks like he is your relatable neighbor, right? But he has the air of wealth to him, right? That people feel is obtainable for them too. Yep, exactly. And it's like this, you know. Well, he he's rich, so he must be smart. And right. I, I want us to really question where our money is coming from and where it is going and who it is serving. Yep. And if you're so socially liberal, then let me see you show it and put your money towards causes that are helping the greater good of our country and not just the rich getting richer, yeah, and not including just yourself. yourself. Yep. And I want to end on that. Okay. That's good. I think that's a good point. Well, and we'll, we'll, we could talk about the election. It's hard to prognosticate. I watched a little bit of this democratic debate. I know it's like Bernie and Buttigieg are the two that like are, kind of leading the pack right now. We'll see how it all plays out. Um, any last reaction, then we'll move on from this topic altogether. The Trump impeachment. I mean, I'm not, are you surprised that he got acquitted? Christopher, I don't follow mainstream news. It gives me anxiety. So I have no idea. All I know is he was acquitted. And, and then Romney, Rom, well, you know, Romney Mitt voted. Romney, I'm really proud of him. He is, I'm very proud of him. And... I'm very proud of him. Yeah. And I think if we can get more people like him on and on any yeah. side. Break just, party just, lines just, a little bit, right? Break your party line. He is somebody that is did exactly what I talked about when we started this conversation. Yeah. You got to ask yourself what you truly care about and go away from the labels and then act in accordance to what you truly care about. And exactly. he did that. And I'm exactly. really proud of him. Exactly. Good job, Mitt. All right, coming up, we're going to we're going to uh segue to a much lighter topic. Okay, welcome back to the podcast from onto much lighter topics. Um let's introduce like like you were mentioning like like this is kind of like uh 
what you want to call our pillow talk segment. Yeah, this would be like, a, this would be, a, yeah, reminiscent of a yes. pillow talk combo yes. that we would have. Yes. You want me to introduce it? Yeah, so introduce introduce how, like this this one topic that you mentioned to me, you said it would be great to talk about on the podcast. I feel like Tony Romo is my claim to fame because I can't seem to come on this podcast and that's not talk talking about, about him. It. Yeah. So, all right, so we were in the car a few weeks ago and the Carrie Underwood song came on, the one that she wrote about him after he cheated on her. And I, and I, and then I started thinking about it and I was like, interesting. So Tony Romo dated Carrie Underwood. He dated Jessica Simpson. And now he's married to another blonde with big boobs and has two kids, right? And I asked you, I said, now, given, given like what we know about stereotypes, right? we all have like stereotypes. When you, as a guy, are attracted over and over to these types of looks of the like the blonde the fake blonde and the fake boobs and are you like does the stereotype play a role in the type of relationship you're hoping to get out of meaning say you take like we all whether we want to believe them or not, we all see something and think something. We were just talking about this with politics. You hear someone's a liberal, you think something. You see, yep. you hear someone's a yep. Republican, you think something. When you see a blonde with big boobs and just kind of that like Jessica Simpson image as a guy, does it, does it frame for you in your head what kind of relationship you're going to get Get probably it just and this what is does no that no say about but this is him. no no knock on blondes in, in general no, I, but no, you're I, saying I, a I type of be, yeah i want to be cautious of that because i'm not saying like blondes with fake boobs are 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 this way right i'm saying like look at like if we're taking stereotypes for face value right like when you see, like we cannot lie and say that we all do not have this programming that you see something and you have you you attach a judgment or a, a value to it this is how we go through life and right. i'm not saying it's right right but we do if i see somebody with glasses on and a backpack mm -hmm. on a fucking saturday walking into a library i'm assuming something about them yeah so if we believe the stereotype is true if you are a guy who's consistently going after that type mm -hmm. knowing the stereotype of that type what does that say about what the guy what kind of relationship he wants yeah i think it's a, i think it definitely says something um <laughs> can you tell me well for, well i want to clarify like people are born blonde brunette redhead like different ethnicity, Asian, black, brown, whatever, mixed. Like, I don't think it's like blondes that you're talking about. I think it's like a certain type of like, you care about your appearance. And we saw this when we went to the pizza place also, where it's like somebody who's like bleach blonde, like a certain look of a blonde. Tony Romo, I think maybe it's somebody who like, my stereotype would be like kind of a an airhead, to put it kindly. Like he's looking, he's looking, to like date airheads because maybe he's a guy who wants to like not have some kind of way of life questioned right. by, by his partner. This is what I'm And asking. like, she's like, oh, okay, you're rich. Oh, like, 
that's what I think. I think there's something to that. There's something. Like, I have not seen him diverge from from that. That's the image. I want to say the image. The image. I don't know Jessica yeah. Simpson. I don't know Carrie Underwood. Right. I don't know his wife. The image. Yeah. They could be very like the opposite of what the image portrays. Right. But I'm saying when a guy is consistently attracted to a specific image of a woman and that image tends to run parallel to the stereotype of like kind of ditzy, dumb, right. Right. cheerleader, and I was a cheerleader, but like yeah. that kind of stereotype, yeah. what does that say about what the who the guy is and what the guy wants well, out of this good question. It could be that. It could be... Like on the surface, like he just prefers that preference. Like that's what like gets him for conversation. For no, sexual. I'm just saying like sexually. Like that's like, what I'm asking. So I think it's it could be it could be a combination of the two. He could tell people it's just like you know sexually like oh he's just really more attracted to blondes or attracted to like that look, but really it could be deeper than that. Like you said, or like you know you hear it a lot with Asian American women. It's like oh I'm attracted to Asian American women. It's like eh, are you or do you want somebody who's a little bit more culturally submissive? Or stereotypically, stereotypically, be, yeah. Or stereotypically, you go all different directions with that's, it, like. That, but that's what I'm trying. You know, to, women who are into like you know Latin guys or black guys or anything. There's all kinds of stuff that like you know. What do these images represent? What they to those represent people? to those people? I guess that's what it is. It's personal. It's like, what does this image represent to you that you are consistently going after this image right. that has this kind of like yeah. Um, it could be very nuanced. It could be very nuanced. And like, I think it all depends. And I think you have to look at like, what is that per- person, like that person, like who are their their most five serious dating partners? Or like, like what do they look like? Do they look the same? They look different. Like that, like you, it's hard to draw a conclusion unless you see, oh, this person is with three different women that all fit the same type. Right. You know what I mean? No, I, I do think you have to look. That's why I'm saying like Carrie Underwood wrote a song about him because he cheated on her. Yeah. From what I understand, he cheated on Jessica Simpson, broke up with her like on her 30 something, 30th birthday or something like yep. that. So I'm kind of like, uh, and now he's completely with, legit and he travels all yeah, the time for his sportscasting yeah, sure. job. And he sure. I mean, you know how I feel about Tony Romo. But then when we, so then we were out to get some pizza. I saw another, I saw a couple, couple like that. And I saw this girl who, puts a lot into her looks yeah. same thing blonde big boobs the whole thing mm-hmm. this guy's you know they're out to dinner they're obviously dating and i'm just curious because i'm like did he choose her like obviously he was attracted to her right but was there some kind of subconscious like some, calculus in his head that is like this is her. this is gonna go as deep as i need it to yeah. go and I, I feel like I'm being very sexist because I'm sure women do the same, the same thing. exact thing yeah. in another way. Right. Um, but it's it's very interesting. And the reason I also thought about this, because I remember this one guy in college was like, oh, Jen, like, you know, I every time we would start to hook up, I would like freak out because I just knew you weren't like, you were going to be like hard to... Um, I don't not like I don't know like hard to do like I was gonna have to work hard I mm-hmm. guess mm-hmm. like you weren't just gonna like be easy right I guess yeah and when you and I started dating you were like yeah like girls give off kind vibes. of like vibes yeah and so that's what I'm trying to say so if like guys are consistently attracted to a specific vibe that that stereotypically is like 
easy. Yeah. This could be a whole. Like, what do we, they really want out of the relationship? There's probably a lot. There's so there's so many nuances to this. He goes so many different directions, and, and like you said, like sometimes girls will in their in their own head like check like kind of do this like checking of, a, of boxes like oh he's tall he has his job it's like you're looking for a certain life depending on what you're, you're looking for a certain attracted life. to yeah you're looking for a certain I think life so. yeah and the image is kind of like your first indicator is this going to be the life that i want yes ah interesting yeah that's a good pillow talk talk it's a good pillow talk uh, conversation. Um, segwaying on the topic of women, I know this is another thing we, we, we talked about a little bit briefly this week. I want to get more of your thoughts on. So I mentioned there's a there's a sports guy that I listened to who had a comment watching the Super Bowl Ross halftime Tucker. show. Ross Tucker. Who was watching the Super Bowl. He's a former NFL player. He's a Princeton graduate. He's on a lot of different platforms. I think he's very thoughtful, introspective, analytical but he like is relatable too and i've followed him for like a decade or like 12 years and i like his content and um i didn't have an issue like right when i heard this i was like oh interestingly he had this perspective he has he's a girl dad like i am and he has two daughters that are gonna they're like older than ours are or, or will be and he mentioned that his wife was watching the super bowl halftime show with them and they're probably like four and six or five and seven older than Eloise would be like to even recognize that. And like his wife was like uncomfortable watching them watch Shakira and JLo. And then you had a reaction to that. Like what's your reaction to that now? And I actually tweeted him about this. He hasn't responded yet. Uh, or he might not respond at all because it's kind of like, it's controversial. It's an uncomfortable topic. Like what did he mean by, what did he mean by that? Why did he have an issue with it? What did he say exactly? He said, you know, and it's just uncomfortable. Like it was like, he's like, my wife was uncomfortable. Do we need all, all of that? Like the pole and like it was kind of over-sexualized and it wasn't just like, he's like, I'm all for like singing and dancing, but like just the 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 nature of it was a little bit much for him, for him is what he implied. Right. And what was your reaction? My reaction was something interesting. I didn't think of it like that. I don't, you know, our, we have a daughter who's three and a half, another who's on the way. That's not something that's on my radar right now. Um, but I thought it was, it was an interesting comment. I wanted your perspective on it because I didn't watch the show like with you and think, oh, this is like over the top sexual or it's offensive or anything like that. You know, J-Lo had a, had a very like revealing outfit, you know, to some degree J-Lo and Shakira are like, sexual little icons or they're attractive women like, like latina performers but i didn't have like a strong reaction i was kind of more neutral on it what's your reaction but his was his whole point just like this was too sexual for young girls yes to be watching. yes right that was his point mm-hmm. at least that's how i interpreted his point mm-hmm. what are your thoughts my thoughts were was he watching last year when adam Levine like randomly for no reason at all took off his shirt and was topless for the majority of his performance. And how did he feel about that? My question for him is like, what about what he saw made him uncomfortable? Like where, what's the conclusion that he's drawing that? Like what was he afraid of? What is he afraid of that his daughters saw? Um, My third point is, does he live under a fucking rock? Um, I mean, I'm sure that his daughters like other singers that are probably just as sexualized. 
and, and they can watch all these YouTube videos and watch YouTube and videos all day long. Yeah. My other, these are just all the thoughts that come through my head. Um, I didn't realize he was like a church going choir boy prude who like has never um, been to a strip club. What's well, this was he's not prude, so he, he didn't right. he didn't pretend to be some kind of like Bible thumping guy who. Right. Is I'm just curious, pristine. like what his history is like. And like, uh, have he been to a strip club before? Has he right. ever given money for sex? Like, I mean, the prostitution world is a pretty big one, and it, so is the strip club world. And there's but a lot if of money he there. did, does he have the right to potentially evolve now and have a different perspective? Like, say he did that. Like, you know, he's he's he's, he's like in his early forties now. Say like 10, 15 years ago when he was a player in his past, even like he did that. I mean, this is a I'm making a gross assumption on the guy right, that but, he has in his lifetime um say he has skeletons in his closet women yeah say he has before but does that make him does that not give him the right to comment on it now and does that take away from like the validity of his point i think he just it makes me uncomfortable that like it's the same thing with like my whole thing with like the liberals to talk about money it's like you care just like until it like you you what as long as it, when it affects you, you care, right? And I feel like for him to sit on this throne and be like, mm, "This is really sexualized." I feel really uncomfortable for my daughters. Who, by the way, the Super Bowl has had like the Rolling Stones, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Like I don't know if he has just started tuning in. The majority of people who are watching the Super Bowl are like baby boomers and under. If not, like, right? I feel like the oldest is like, they're like, they're, they talk to yeah. baby boomers and down. Yeah. How many fucking six and four year olds are like watching them? I'm sure you're right. they're around. Especially because it, like the show, if you're on the East Coast, the halftime isn't until like 8, 8 o'clock at, at night. night. So yeah. like, first of all, like, I just, I just have an issue with this because I'm like, you know who they are. Like, did I think J-Lo was over the top? Of course I did, but not because I'm a, a, I have a daughter. Right. I just was like, all right, listen, she's 50. She just did her Hustler movie. She really wants to show the world that she can fucking ride a strip pole. Good for fucking her. Celebrate her. Like, that's what she wants to do. And Shakira's 40-something. And first of all, I thought Shakira it wasn't sexual enough. I'm like, what happened to the Shakira I knew whose hips don't lie? Right. <laughs> and I was like, she's 42 with two kids. I thought she could have shown more. What I really feel like is underbellying all of this is two Latina women in their 40s and 50s fucking killing it and he's uncomfortable as like a white male. Like that's part of... Even if it's potentially subconscious, Even if it's subconscious, I feel like it's just well, like, you got to cut these women down. And I, it's like, fuck you, bro. Like, at, like I really want to know what he had to say about Adam Levine. Right. Like, did you think that that was over-sexualized? Were you uncomfortable for your daughter seeing this grown-ass man in the middle of a stadium rip his shirt off? Rip his shirt off. So I just feel like, let's just question like your moral superiority on this the, like look at your own life look at like i just there is a lot of vitriol it seems like to minority women in these situations like remember janet is, jackson like oh 17 and, and years ago justin timberlake got away with murder where, where, like it's like oh it's janet jackson's fault I like, know. rather than like justin timberlake pulling i'm her. happy that you brought that up and that was right before dvr so like that's not even like really you can't really i don't think you can find but that I'm footage happy that you brought that like. up because yeah. she got blackballed right and nothing happened to him whatsoever right and so I just feel like part of this is a subconscious two older women 
owning their power on a predominant. I mean, that was like a Latina performance. I felt like I was watching telenovela. It was very, like, it was very was appropriate like, for Miami. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, it was. I was yeah. like, yes. It was like celebrating it fit the vibe. Latin culture. And I just feel like he sounds like some fucking white, wealthy frat old frat boy football bro who's like cutting down women that's what it sounded like to me and i want to tell him to get over his fucking self is what i want to tell him my daughter's three and a half years old she could watch that any day of the week like yes eloise when you practice really hard you can be a ridiculous dancer like that and i'd be so curious actually showing that to her and like what her reaction she would love it i think she would love it i think she'd be into the dancing i don't know yeah, I think I don't want to get back in the political topic, but I think it's the same reason. If there is validity to what you said, and I'm neutral, skewing towards your camp on it, I think this is why people don't like AOC. No shit. Like it's not just like oh she's a socialist or she's like dumb or she doesn't know what she's talking about. She's a Latin millennial, Latin millennial who's questioning the status quo, which is traditionally a white man's power. Yep, and they don't fucking like it. It's the same shit. J-Lo is one of the wealthiest entertainers, most famous entertainers in the world. And he has to shit on her because she was on a poll. Again, I agree it was sexual, but like, don't fucking throw your kids into this. Like, oh, we're ruining <laughs> the children. Don't get righteous yeah. about it. Like, get over yourself. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. I, I, thanks for. I, I hope he writes you back. And I, I hope really, so too. I would love to go back to his. Was it a podcast? What was it? Pod, yeah, show or, podcast. Like I would love to pull up his reaction to the Super Bowl. He I'm curious. Even you probably find it because it. it was a guy, and it's just. I like, don't know. I think part. he. I give him credit that he. Like, I. I think he might have actually done a dive on the performers in the past uh, on the well, Super Bowl. Let's find it. We'll have to go find and it. And by uh, the uh, way, for the record, Christopher. Yeah. If he did say anything about Adam Levine and it was too sexual and he does write back like I'm happy to evolve and grow like you just said he could have evolved and grown yeah like I'm happy to and I'm happy to own I'm totally grossly assuming that he has been to strip clubs before like right. I want to say that like, I'm I'm not saying I'm right I'm right. just saying these were the thoughts that came up into my head yep and especially as a woman who has a daughter and a daughter on the way and is super fucking feminist this is where my mind goes. Yeah. It's like, it's a whole other discussion is like how navigating the world with being a girl dad and the stuff that's going to come up and come up for us. And for, for me, like in the next like 10 to 15 years, as they get older and they become young women and come of age and just like, what's going to affect me? What's not going to affect me? How am I going to navigate different situations like that? Right. Me, that's why I asked you, how do you feel? I don't know. But I have sorry, to say. my thoughts are racing because actually I want to, you should send Ross Tucker, I need to find this article. Actually, a lot of women have been gaining a lot of self-esteem by doing stripper pole workouts and it's helping them get in touch with their sexuality, like repressed sexuality and, and just like- It doesn't necessarily equate to them becoming strippers, strippers when they're 20. But making them feel confident in their bodies. And right. these aren't just like skinny women getting on a pole. It's women of all sizes, shapes and sizes, and it's getting them to love their bodies and be proud of their bodies. Right. And that's, while I was like, well, this is, I was like, do, do we need the stripper thing? I'm like, She's fucking 50. Own your power. And I think like that was the message I got. Mm -hmm. And to me, when I've seen s certain people see women owning their power, they feel the need to have to 
speak up and cut them down. And right. that's how that felt to me was just like, let me just cut her down a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I think there's, there might be something to that. Speaking of football, I wanted to bring this up last time we spoke and I, it just didn't come up, but I like I ha- before we let go of this football season, the 2019-2020 season, I, we have to talk about that's the 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 Honolulu uh, altercation that you got. Didn't in. you tell the story though when Bieber no, was on? I don't think so. I think I mentioned it, like, but, I, but we have to like talk about it like in in detail. Like I want to hear your perspective on it. There's not much to say. I was like nine weeks pregnant. You the first dragged time. me to a like bar at 9 a.m to watch football we were this is like 2015 so this is like you know it was december december 2015 so this is four years ago and change and it was you were pregnant with eloise it was, it was first trimester of my nausea yeah we, we were in hawaii and because of the five six hour time difference it was like seven eight o'clock in the morning was it watching panthers versus the giants. panthers and giants it was the game it where the panthers were good that year they only lost one game the giants oh, had a lead was that the year that you were like cam newton you won the like mvp that year great i know and oh Oh, I remember those annoying Scam conversations Newton? with you and I was Scam like, Newton? you're like, he's going to be better than Eli. And I was well, like, he had a better oh, year that year than yeah, Eli did. Exactly. Which is always your, bro- what do I call you? Is it the, um, go with the wind fan or something like that? Anyway, I right, anyway, that game, the, the giants had a lead. The Giants looked for a while. It looked like it they were going to win. It was him and that guy. They Josh Norman, going, the yeah, cornerback. They were going back and forth. It was the oil back and going back and forth. He pulled out like a black baseball bat. Yeah, it he was, was making like, like ridiculous. sexual innuendos. But Beckham was like getting really angry during yeah. the game. He got like some penalties. Yeah. And there was a 75-year-old Seahawks fan yeah. who was... I was on my way to the bathroom to go throw up. And she was like just angry about Beckham and like... Yeah, was watching like 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 that was the weird thing about Hawaii. Like there were so many Seahawks fans, but she was like she had like I think she had a Russell Wilson jersey on. Like literally, she was seventy five, and you were on your way to them to throw up. And I don't. What, what did you say to her? Like she was like like oh sit down Beckham or like just like really like angry about Beckham being all animated, and you like you almost like got, you like almost like got in her face. I feel like. I have to tell you, I hate to ruin your podcast. I truly don't remember. You, you, I just remember. I remember I'm not making her this up. Saying something, and I stopped on my way to the bathroom, and I said something back. Yep. Yep. And then we. Had it wasn't words. overly nasty. It didn't cut her down. It didn't offend like the, her husband or partner who she was with. But it was like a, it would have been aggressive if she was like 35 or 25, let alone like 75. I don't remember. I'm sorry. I'm ruining your story. No, you're not. You're not. I, I, I basically just told the story. You want to ask me what I said to those like group of 13 year old boys driving their bicycles in the middle of the street without helmets on? That you did during this pregnancy. Yeah, during this pregnancy. Yeah. and our lives at danger. Like that, I remember what I said, but I can't, honey. I can't even remember what we had for right. dinner. So th- that was the story. I think that's it. But all right. So now let's let's segue to that story. So this is back over the summer, first trimester pregnant with our second there were 13 year olds so in our town like well, let me start by saying yeah. as much as i love to call people out on what i'm assuming are their biases i am aware that i too have biases and they are little boys little yeah you think little boys are i like think they're maniacs. maniacs i think they're little assholes and i'm on edge every time i'm around a group of them and these were late middle school early high school boys probably right this is my bias yeah 
and they were riding their bikes. They were in the middle of a ma- of like a pretty busy kind of 30, 35 mile an hour road yeah. in town. Like no helmets, like blocking traffic, going and weaving, weaving in and in out, out, of the streets, out of the streets, across the median, just a little. And then we we caught up to them when they were like about to go no, into I this you park. To pull over. You said pull over. Eloise was in the car, window. and you were like, you didn't even like raise your voice, but you had like like a like hey, like like that's yeah, how you got their attention. It wasn't cute. It was like a hey, and I said <laughs> something like. Wear a fucking helmet and get out of the fucking street, or yeah, something she did. like that. So I think you said, "Wear a fucking helmet, get out of the street. You're risking, pe- you know, you're risking people's safety, including your own." Yeah. And the kid was like, "Shut up!" Oh, or shut up! Like, he was oh, like, shut up! He still he had a high know, voice. But it was something like he cursed or something. Yeah. He's like, shut I don't give a shit. Like, shut, shut up. up. Yeah. Or something like that. And then I lost. And I was shit. getting, I was like getting like Papa Bear. So I was like, I, I'm like, our daughter's in the car. But I want to like, like kick this kid's ass but he's 13 okay be honest honey you weren't i wasn't gonna do that but like i thought because you were like jennifer calm down well i i because i saw that you were escalating so i was trying to bring you down so then i was like oh you'll i said something like well you'll give a shit when you're fucking dead in the middle of the road or something (laughs) you're dead in the middle of the street yeah and i was like (laughs) when you're dead in the middle of the street yep and then they just like drove off and you were like i remember turning to you and it was a few, like, we only had a few of these moments in our relationship where you're like, eh, you went a little overboard. And you <laughs> were like, uh, that was a little much. And we drove around. To try to apologize to them. And, well, no, we drove around and I said, do you think I should apologize because they are only like 13 years old? And you were like, eh, you were, it was like a little much. And so then we ended up seeing them. And I said, okay, we'll turn around. We'll go back. And we see them. I'll apologize. And then we turned around. And those fucking little fuckers were in the middle of the fucking road On a road busier again. road. Busier road. Yeah. Doing the same. So I was like, fuck them. So then I just waited about a few days later. I was teaching in town in the middle of my class. I was like, does anyone here have like a 13-year-old son? And I like went off. <laughs> I, You know, it just like aggravates me because those... I was going to say those little boys. I'm trying not to be divisive. Yeah. (laughs) Those teenagers grow into adults. Become entitled. And become entitled. They're already entitled. And it really bothers me. Yep. I hear you. It really, and I some people grow out of it. Obviously, we've all done yes, stupid yeah. shit, and you grow out. Some people grow out of it. But it's setting up a template. That, cu- a template. that uh, culture is setting up a template to be like entitled. The Brock Turners of the world, if oh, you will. Please don't bring up Brock. Right. Why would well, you bring well, up Brock? Bring it. But, but I'm just saying, like, like that kind of men- that that mentality. Um, another way. Well, random- can bring up the cursing because I just cursed a lot. And people that don't really know me, you're probably like you married. You curse like a sailor. But I, wh- I want to bring up cursing first. Yes, let's let's let's. Fun fact about me. Yes. Well, I was just angry right there, but I typically tend to curse when, when you're happy. When I'm happy. Yeah. And when we disagree, which people are like, they definitely don't ever disagree or have arguments. Maybe they think we disagree all the time. <laughs> or they think we disagree all the time. I don't curse. Right. I, I keep it classy. You're right. You're right. Like that. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And, you, and you, do you think I curse too much on this podcast? I think you curse more on this podcast than you do in day-to-day See, life. See, here's what I'll say. And I've been actually reflecting about this. I think I don't curse much with you day-to-day life. But I actually think I curse more with like friends or in even like work situations sometimes, day-to-day life. Not like in an inappropriate way. like, But like I feel like I'll, I'll throw off like, like I'll say like fuck more or like this is bullshit. But I feel like at home I don't do that as much. So maybe it's that. 
So I think maybe I just don't. I try to keep it classy for you. So sweet. But it's authentic. I'm not We're like so I'm not classy. hiding back a, a part of myself. Like, I don't think well, I. When I write, I tend. When I first started writing, yeah, this is what made me say this to you. When I first started writing and publishing my work, I was cursing a lot more. Right. And I think part of it, one is the like. Anonymity. Yeah, anonymity. Um, of being behind a computer or being behind a microphone that people can't see you. Mm-hmm. You feel more empowered to just be more expressive. But I also think part of me was using it as like fluff because it's uncomfortable to put yourself out there. Yeah. And I think sometimes when you curse, it kind of... Um, helps with that and so when i noticed listening to your podcast i'd hear you curse in places that i was like i just have never heard you like curse that much i was curious if you were having a similar experience maybe to me i'm more aware of it now when i do curse but i when i i find myself now if i'm like writing notes or if i'm like thinking about what i'm saying or, or it's coming out more authentically than maybe it did in the beginning so maybe maybe it was amplified more than it naturally would have been but i do feel like i it's not like i don't curse at all in life so i feel like it, it would be less authentic if i had a podcast without any curse words at all well, well let me add, let's finish on this and yes cursing. how do we feel about like if eloise came home and or even now was just like shit like what do you are you okay with it like how i don't know she's I mean, she's not there yet is there like an age that's is a there? good question um i don't know I have to hear. I like. I have to. We have to see a case by case. There was one time where I said a curse word. She repeated it. I can't remember like what the scenario yeah, was. And it didn't stick. It. Yeah, because you ignore it. You ignore it. Um, I mean, we definitely curse down. Like, don't censor it. And like, it, like the way she picks up all the other vocabulary that we haven't sat down and taught her, she's gonna pick up that at some point. But like, if she's using it in language, like I had a really shitty day, mom. Like, you know, know, is it like? Like if like it's I don't know because some people are like that's just it's not a big deal. It all depends on if she's able to like control it and like like I don't want her telling like fuck off to her teachers when she starts going to like grade school. Right. And like I don't even want her like in like confrontations with friends like doing stuff like that. Right. Like, but if it's authentic, like as long as she's able to like. Because part of it is just self-expression. They yeah, say self-expression. People who curse more. Are smarter. Yeah, I, I've heard that too. Um, I don't know. We'll have to see. This is one of these parenting things that we're going to have to kind of cross that bridge when we go. Or, or, or like cross the bridge when we, when, totally. when we get to it, I should say. Um, one story I want to, before we start to wrap up, one story I did want to mention, I want to ask you about while I have you on because I, I don't know when you're going to be on next. Do you remember that, the, like I just thought about this randomly the other day when I was on the subway in the city, the crazy homeless guy story when we were going to meet your cousin for Absolutely. dinner. So do you, had a few do, you, do you recall your version of this story? And then, I, and then I'll tell you, then I, I want to share what my version of it was. So we're going to see your cousin, Alex. She lived in, she was, I think in business school at the time, had, had an internship in New York, right? Okay. And she lived in Brooklyn and we were meeting her for dinner. I don't remember any of those details. We lived on the Upper West Side. Subway. Yep. And do you remember what happened? There what, was what's... a crazy person that I saw on the platform, which yep. made me uncomfortable. Yep. And I was like, I'm uncomfortable. Let's go. 
and you were like, no, it's fine. And I was like, okay, bye. And I hopped off the subway and I ran away and you stayed on the subway. Wait, wait, so you saw this crazy person on the platform. You mean like on the subway or on the platform? No, on the subway platform. And he was like throwing glass bottles into the subway cars, (laughs) like a psychopath. And he was coming to our car and I was like, bye-bye. And I flighted and you just were like, oh. You might have figured your head had that conversation with me, but here's my recollection of what happened. We were going from 72nd street where i think we we're at penn station i'm, I'm positive we were, oh, at, yeah, penn we were station at penn station because i remember the I way the subway platform the, was so what happened was the guy like all of a sudden like it was in between like the, the door was about to leave the station after the car unloaded and then loaded and it wasn't that busy because it was i feel like it was either like a friday night or saturday it was like a weekend it wasn't like you had like commuters but it was like it wasn't like, a, like two o'clock in the morning either and the guy took glass and he threw it and he broke it and people got startled. And then like we're like, oh shit, like let's get off the subway. I think we, we got off the subway for a second. And then like he got off. So we're like, all right, let's get back on the subway. And then he was still kind of like being all crazy, like breaking more glass. And like I guess the subway people were starting to call the cops. And then at one point, like he came back on the car and we were standing in the car and then you just hopped off <laughs> and then the doors closed. I mean, that sounds about And right. I think he ended up like, he was out of the subway at that time, but like, like he was like a few cars down and like, but you're like, I'm not dealing with this crazy person. You just like hopped no. off. And then we ended up taking the separate subways to your cousin, right? Because like you were like, remember. you were a car behind me. Like, I don't think I stopped. I was like, all right, like well, I'm just going to go down. Or maybe like we met up at the next station. But I remember you just like, were like, see ya. I mean, here's the thing. I tend to be more of a flighter. Yeah. And I mean, I remember taking a self-defense class in college and I, the whole semester, and at the end of the semester, we had to like fight and do the thing. I ran out of the gym. The guy came to attack me and I literally ran out of the gym and I ran so fast. Like my natural reaction when I feel fear like that is to flight. That's probably safe in a lot of circumstances. Like I, I think I remember like we have... We have like people come sometimes to do like these like shooter or like emergency drills, which is sad that we even live in a place where this has to happen. But they say it's like there's three different things you can do. Like the first thing you should do is I think it's run first is like the, if you're able to run safely, you run. The next is like hide and barricade. And the third is fight. So you should only fight if it's like literally like your life's in danger to let your last resort. But the first thing you should do is run. Yeah. So there's something you know, to I'm that. A, I'm a flighter. Yeah. I'm definitely a flighter. Yeah. But uh, I thought that was really funny that you just like, so yeah, I like. But isn't it interesting? <laughs> I think about this a lot. We can't, I mean, this is like psychologically proven. You can't rely on your own memories. Yeah. And in life, so much of our life is interacting with other people and how people perceive the same memory. Like if we can't rely on our own memory and then it's like somebody else is making a memory of you. Like so much of our memories are so fucking distorted. Mm -hmm. I just cursed, are so distorted that we're all just like living in like delusional, our own delusional worlds because how I remembered that wasn't the same way you remembered that. Yeah, And it's kind of like, I don't know, like that's why you're gonna hate that I'm gonna say this. Like, what's real? Nothing's real. You always think it's so weird when I say that, but like No, it's a good philosophical truly, topic. Like you're you like I, I think about this all the time. Like I was talking to my parents and 
we were talking about something from my childhood and how I remembered it and how my parents remembered it. And I'm like, no two people remember things the same way. The truth might be somewhere in between those. Yeah, but like if you can't rely on, like we fill in the gaps with what we felt. So what happens is we have all of these like gaps in memory and then just based on like how we perceived what happened and the feeling that it created, we then fill in the gaps based on those like assumptions of what happened because we felt that way. But it's just such an interesting it really makes you question that like if none of us are seeing anything in the same way we're all filling it in with our own assumptions it's like what what about the situation where like say there were like four people on the train with us that were friends of ours like two other couples or like yeah if they're all recounting the same story the same version or like it's and and not hearing it like to get like it's not like it's like i would argue that that would never happen Maybe you might be right. I'm probably, sure there's like, well, it's like the game of telephone. I'm, I'm right? sure there's like main things that people would say, but they've proven that like there's all these psychological studies like right. people would have like like they would be like I swear I know that person was in a brown shirt, and mm-hmm. at the end of the day they weren't in a brown shirt. It's right. like we you believe what you tell yourself. So if you ever had a situation like you're at work or like in anything like you had a fight with somebody, and the, then you call up your spouse or you call up your friend and you recount that you recount the mm-hmm. the conversation you're retelling the story based on your feelings totally. of it. And it's probably not that other person's probably retelling their story to somebody else. And it's different. Yeah. It's like, hundred percent true. We believe what we tell ourselves. Um, and the reality is what we're telling ourselves probably isn't exactly right. what happened, but you're that's right. the memory that we create. Yeah. It's so interesting. And it really makes you think about all of your interactions with people and like, What's real? What's, what's real? Not. And being like, yeah. where were you exaggerating things? Where are you like under? And like, think about all the miscommunication and like conflict that comes from that. Yeah, totally. That's why there's conflict in the world. Um, all right, we have to wrap up. Are there any final things you want to say? Talk about? There's so well. I wish that I had like in Blue's Clues. If anyone has toddlers, they have the like little notebook. I wish I had my Blue's Clues notebook to write down. All of the things that you say every week that you either A, have stolen from me, oh, B, here we have go. like changed. So you're talking about filling memories. And, no, and like, no, no, no. Maybe some of the stuff is like we're chatting about, but then you somehow are thinking like you generated the idea. Sometimes it's me generating the idea. No, you know, I care same. less about that there. I care more about how you change your like predictions or you change your views on certain sports things based on which way the wind Wait, blows. This is what this is the whole, I gave this metaphor. If I'm a pilot and I'm flying, and it was there's there's no there were no thunderstorms in the forecast and I'm flying, but then all of a sudden there's like a massive thunderstorm and there's turbulence. If you're a passenger in the plane, do you want me to go through the thunderstorm or do you want me to like adjust my flight path based on what 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 I'm seeing? I hear that point. I that's a really good point. So what happened there is I probably said this shit to you. Yep. You thought about it, so then you went on your <laughs> podcast and said this. But I hear that point. I really, really, really do. But I think it would be really fascinating for you to share with people like what you say before the hype changes. Well now so, now this whole podcast has me I all these things have memorialized. So like right. my positions if that's they change, I am held accountable. I know I like so, that. So that's good. Anyway, honey, thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. 
looking for. I think for- you should put the political part at the end, just so we don't like turn too many people off well, at the beginning. The editing, we, we might see that, but uh, so either I'm gonna say, yeah. So I'll, I guess I'll I'll do the what's coming up next uh, separately. I'll, I'll do it like off this uh, recording. So, uh, but good talk. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Will, will you be on before the baby? That's what we'll see. But we're definitely gonna be. I'm still recording the same podcast frequency, even if I have to do ten minute podcasts. Great. And maybe we'll, maybe you'll, you'll be a surprise guest again. And I, you have to come out, come on and do a pop off again sooner than you're on as a guest. Awesome, love you, love very you too, proud honey. Of you. Thank you very much for all your support. Feel the burn, guys. Feel the burn. <laughs> I don't, I'm undecided, by the way. Like, well, there's a lot more political angles I could take. I have to watch the rest of this debate. But burn is who I'm leaning towards too. But I'm not closed off to Buttigieg. I'm not. But I have. Steyer. Ain't that gonna win. Yang, board. I'm I'm all Yang Gang too. I think he's. Uh, oh, you should get a shirt that says Yang, Yang Gang. Gang. That's so cute. All right, see ya. Bye. Okay, let's briefly discuss Super Bowl Fifty Four, Chiefs Forty ers First of all, football on the field in meaningful games is over for the next seven months. I'm sad. I worried a few listeners with this, but don't worry. Still going to talk football when big shit happens between the draft, free agency, etc. I'm too much of an NFL junkie. But expect, you know, 2020 to be chock full of a lot of politics. But, um, you know, I'm definitely sad Super Bowl is ending. Um, you know, we're not going to have a game until practically the fall. So we're going to see the weather uh, at this part of the country where I live at least get colder or, you know, snowier over the next couple months probably then get warm, then get really hot and muggy and disgusting, then cool down, and then, then there's going to be football. So it's going to be a while. But um, great game. Uh, the, the, the Chiefs did what exactly what they did in the other playoff games that they had this year where they were down double digits, came back and won, mostly on the back of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Demi Lovato, first of all, at the, during the national anthem, did a superb job singing. I know she's had a lot of addiction issues, uh, a lot of personal issues in her life. Uh, really happy to see her thrive on a big stage. Um, Mahomes was on pace for a shitty game. And he really, if you look at his game logs, he hasn't had many, many of any shitty games in his career. I mean, he's had a few average games, but the guy's been a stud for you know two-plus years uh, starting quarterback in the NFL. And he was on pace for a shitty game, and he had a great quarter and a half and then deservingly won the MVP. And uh, Jimmy G, you know, he's, he's still a solid guy. He had a few mistakes at, 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 towards the end of the game. He, he was kind of the opposite of Mahomes where he started hot, ended cold, you know, missed a big throw to Emmanuel Sanders that, that would have taken the, league, uh, the, the lead late in the game. But he's just not the same level as Mahomes. He's just flat, flat out just not the same level of quarterback. He's, he's at least a tier, if not two tiers below Mahomes. Um, Kyle Shanahan now for the second time in the Super Bowl, once as a coordinator, now as a head coach. Great coach, but he had the yips. And the coaching nerve showed, and he once again blew a lead in the Super Bowl uh, under the helm playing, uh, at the helm calling plays. Um, as far as the halftime show, I thought Jayla was great. I thought Shakira was okay. Uh, I love that they had songs for like 30 seconds each. Um, and just, just some, some songs. Literally, J-Lo had songs going back like 20 years. But just really great performance, entertaining, good choreography, singing, dancing, etc. Um, Miami as a city is an awesome place for the Super Bowl. Um, you know, they have the Super Bowl there every, every few years. Um, I know over the last like decade and a half, this is like the third or fourth time. I mean, let's get rid of these cold weather cities for the Super Bowl. I don't give a fuck how nice the stadium is. You know, Minneapolis, 
you know, the, the, the Met, MetLife Stadium like seven, eight years ago. I mean, like, let's stop it when, when it's cold out, especially outdoors, having a Super Bowl there. This should be rotated in just a handful of cities, probably like Miami, New Orleans, Houston, Phoenix, L.A., uh, and then San Francisco or, or Santa Clara, wherever Levi Stadium is. And that's really that, that's really it. I mean, like let's let's stop with these these uh, these Super Bowls in these other cities. Even Atlanta, I think, is a questionable place to have a Super Bowl. You know, they have a retractable dome. I mean, maybe Atlanta, but but let's have it in these big kind of uh, festive cities like Miami. Um, so great, great venue, and and I love the fact that the halftime show mirrored uh, the city vibe. And um, as far as the the post game went. Um, there was a lot of Andy Reid love, I noticed. Like, what about my boy Mahomes? It was over. It overshadowed Mahomes a bit. I know he didn't have this best game, but he clearly was the MVP. The guy's been a stud. He's the best quarterback in the league, I think, hands down. As we enter twenty twenty, he's twenty four, and you know, you know, and just to look at what he did with the touchdown record last year. I mean, the guy I think has another two or three more titles in him, at least, in my opinion. So that was an interesting, like, just like, you know, from not even just the media and like just the, the interviews. It's like, you know, Patrick Mahomes had to kind of nudge in for that first post-game interview on the Fox broadcast. But then even on stage, I mean, the, the Hunt family just, you know, giving, giving um, you know, waxing poetically about Andy Reid. But what about Mahomes? You know, this wasn't uh, Trent Dilver winning the Super Bowl. I, I thought that was really peculiar. I mean, I think Mahomes got a little shafted. He would never say it, but I didn't think he got enough attention for what he did. Um, and then you know, just some other stuff from the Super Bowl. I mean, Tyreek Hill and his son. I mean, did everybody forget all the off-field issues with Tyreek Hill? They show him holding his son, just like really happy. I mean, didn't, wasn't it that audio where he's talking to his like fiance or his baby mama about punching his son, who was, I think, three years old at the time, in the chest? It, like, like all of a sudden, like has everybody forgotten the fact that this guy was, is a, is a dirtbag? All, all, all I hear about is how, how, how fast he is on the field. So bad guy was not rooting for him individually as a player. And listen, yes, I lost my pick, okay? You know, I had the, I had the Niners. You know, I thought that was the, the wiser pick. Um, um, but the Chiefs won. And I give them credit for winning. And it's just the beginning of, you know, where, where the game was a toss-up in general. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens with the Chiefs going forward. And, yeah, the ham, hot butter knife against the spread pick lost. And I ended the year under 500 by a game. All right? So I'm not happy about it at all. But it is what it is. So, Five storylines as we go into the 2020 offseason. So is the beginning is this the beginning of the Kansas City Chiefs dynasty? Is, are we going to see more to come with the Chiefs and Super Bowls? That's, I think, storyline number one. Storyline number two, where will Tom Brady be next year? Um, is he going to be back with New England? Is he going to be retired? Is he going to be with some other random team? I like to think it's probably New England, um, just based on what's best for both the Patriots and himself at this, this stage of his career. Uh, the third thing, and kind of related to the Brady stuff, are we at a really big crossroads with quarterbacks and a changing of the guard? I mean, Rivers fell off a cliff. The the Chargers already said the LA Chargers said that they're they're uh, moving away from Philip Rivers next year. Uh, will Roethlisberger be back and healthy and effective? How many more years are we going to see out of Tom Brady? And then between Cam Newton, Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, are we within a year or two of all these guys being out of the league? Andrew Luck obviously retired. Cam Newton's coming off that Liz Frank injury. Who knows if he's even going to be on Carolina and another team, a backup or fighting for the starting job somewhere. Um, and then Aaron Rodgers and Breeze aren't the same guys that they were. I mean, Will, Russell Wilson's really the only superstar in the middle of his career. You know, we've we got to look at the young quarterbacks with like the Mahomes and the, the Sean Watson and Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen and some of these guys that, that uh, 
were on the come a little bit this year. And I'm hoping my boy Darnold can get into that category. And then, uh, so, th- so those are the first three storylines about the Chiefs dynasty, about Brady changing of the guard for quarterbacks. And then along, you know, as quarterbacks are obviously a big topic, has the league figured out Lamar Jackson, given his clunker in the playoffs now uh, against the Titans, now two years in a row in the playoffs. And then uh, how will these new coaches fare? The Matt Rules, the Joe Judges, the Kevin Stefanskis, the rookie coaches, and then uh, the new old coaches of Mike McCarthy and, and Ron Rivera having their second tours of duty uh, with the Dallas Cowboys and Washington Redskins, uh, respectively, in the same division. So the NFC East is interesting. You know, out of the out of the five new coaches fired, uh, hired and f- fired, and now and uh, hired, uh, three out of five are from the NFC East. So it should be really interesting. So those are the storylines as I see them as we go into the 2020 offseason with the combine, the draft, and free agency coming up. So, all right, coming up next, pop-offs. Newly branded segment. All right, pop-off number one. This is a rant. This is going to be very judgmental, and, and I know that. And I, I, you know, I got to have friends or family members who take this position. But if you're a dad and you're getting ready for your wife to get give birth, which I am over the next few weeks for the second time, man the fuck up and stand in front of her while she's in labor and getting ready to deliver. All right, do this especially if you at all puff your chest about being a man or the breadwinner or justifying misogynistic activities. You know, like I drink single malt scotch when I get home from my. 15-hour job, and I smoke cigars, and I eat meat without condiments rare, and I don't cook or bake anything in the kitchen. That's a, that's a woman's duties. Guess what? It all means shit if you don't have the boss to get a front-row seat for the labor of your kid, right? I'm going to give a caveat. If you're squeamish about blood, you, you might actually get sick and throw up. That's no good as a partner to your wife. But I don't want to hear about your hunting trip or see you dipping when you play bocce ball in the backyard at the next barbecue if you're going to be complaining about or, or not willing to have a front row seat when your wife is giving birth and pushing, all right? I'm not going to lie. I've been through it once and have it coming up again the next few weeks, as I said, and labor is quite a sight and it's as bad as you think it could be as far as visuals, blood, feces, sweat. It's a horror movie. Yet, if you really embrace the moment, it's beautiful, all right? When Eloise's head was partially out, I'm going to tell you a story. I started getting choked up and crying because the miracle of life literally is absolutely remarkable and touching. Jen actually said to me as she was having contractions in the middle of just intense pain and pushing, she composed herself for about five to seven seconds, looked me dead in the eye and said, Christopher, get it together. (laughs) <laughs> which which is really funny in hindsight. But if you consider yourself a manly man, stand front and center when it's pushing time for your spouse and open your eyes, hold her hand, be the combo of an emotional coach and punching bag and give the most painful natural experience of your wife's life the time, attention, and focus it needs. Pop off number two. Rant number two. I'm going to toss more shit on dudes. All right, at my gym, there's a service they offer to watch watch your kids while you work out. So you have a couple hours if you want to go work out, or you want to shower, you want to grab a smoothie, whatever. Do some work. My wife and I take advantage of this often with, with Eloise, and we're definitely going to take advantage of it with having, having two kids because we like to go to the gym together to work out a lot and do our own thing. So this is you know this this whole service is used by 
um, you know, stay-at-home moms or work-from-home parents during the, the week and all the parents on weekends. Um, and I think it's inexcusable on a weekend when I see a mom bringing kids, especially multiple kids, to this babysitting service at, at, at the gym. I mean, where the fuck is daddy? You know, I'm not a golfer, as you, as you can listen to in one of my early episodes about, uh, you know, how I think golf is a little overrated, not my cup of tea. But, you know, I think you get a golf round every so often. So I guess that's where it's okay to be. But if you're a dad and, and not golfing, you better be whipping a four-course brunch at home with fresh-squeezed fucking orange juice samosas and not sitting on your ass, scratching your balls, binge-watching The Sopranos or, or college football pregame. All right, and no, it's not justified if you're the breadwinner. Being a parent is a job too. All right, every dad needs a break. Fuck, I do at times, and I consider myself active as a parent. But don't embarrass yourself, dads. All right, when you have two kids, barring a few exceptions, you got to divide and conquer. That has to be the strategy most of the time, right? I mean, this is just unacceptable for dads to just hand the kids over to their wives on the weekend while they're sitting on their ass at home with their feet up. And if you're a dad. It's not babysitting, all right? You're watching your fucking kid, all right? Babysitting is, is, what, you, is what you pay $20 an hour for the, uh, the, the, the community college student to come in and do. Pop off number three. Let's, I want to quickly just talk about some of the Super Bowl commercials now that we're almost a week removed from them. Um, I thought the Can't Touch This Cheetos popcorn one, I thought I liked it, but, but did others even know what this was even in reference to? I mean, does anybody under age 35 even know MC Hammer? You know, it was creative, but, you know, I, I thought it was, it was one of the better ones. Uh, the Mountain Dew and The Shining, I loved The Shining, so I appreciated it. Although, the, uh, there were, like, dudes in the commercial pretending to be the, the, those creepy twins. I thought that was uh, super creepy in and of itself. But I thought the Mountain Dew and The Shining commercial was good. Uh, the Loretta Google commercial where, I don't know, the, the older man was getting Alzheimer's or dementia and lost his wife and they're showing pictures and... I mean, holy shit, did, 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 I, did I have Waterworks and did Jen have Waterworks watching that? I mean, that was just, I mean, just so touching. and just You could just put yourself in that situation. You're God willing to, to live a full life with your partner. But uh, that was my take on, on, on those Super Bowl commercials. Uh, those were some of the better ones, I thought. Other than the Brady Hulu one was cliche, stupid, you know, didn't really, didn't really give any kind of big reveal. Yeah, he's coming back. All right, we we kind of knew he's probably coming back, but it's it's non-committal. It's not like he's, I'm coming back to the Patriots. I'm coming back to the the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, I thought the Tide Pod commercial with you know do it later, whatever the hell the slogan was, uh, it was old by the third quarter and not funny. All right, they kept on doing like the the repeats of it and they'd show up in different commercials. I thought it was stupid. And then uh, <laughs> did anybody see that, that Fox Nation news channel where it said like opinion news? I mean, what a joke. Fox News is opinion news. How is this different? I mean, just kind of scary stuff. Is it like some kind of propaganda machine like Breitbart or like Fox News like to the 10th to the, uh, power or something like that? I don't know. Like I, I was asking a few people like who watched the Super Bowl, hey, you guys noticed that commercial? And a lot of people didn't, which, which is concerning. So that was my take on some of the commercials. I generally think they're overacted. They're cliched. And I don't really like them. And I think they're a waste. And, I, and they obviously, you know, these executives know more than me as far as paying money and, and, and the creativity behind them. But uh, generally not into Super Bowl commercials. All right, pop off number four. You ever see these, uh, these bumper stickers out there where it says NFL, no fans left? Have we heard this rhetoric? 
You know, have you seen these bumper stickers from these like middle America guys who resent the NFL and, and the Colin Kaepernick protests or the player protests or African American wealth or you know that African Americans just not staying in staying staying in line by not protesting? I mean, what a joke! I mean, this is I, I got to give Jen credit for for commenting about this and planting the seed in my head about how how ridiculous this is. I mean, the NFL averaged sixteen point five million viewers a game in two thousand nineteen for the regular season which is up from 2018 and tied for second most ever. And Super Bowl 54 set a record with $435 million in in-game ad spend, up 29% from last year. So Billy Bob from, from Tennessee, in a dream world where you were an advertising exec for a day and you took the stance that, oh, the NFL is, is, a, you know, the NFL is a joke, no fans left, no fun. You're right. Your ass would be fired faster than a jackrabbit. Pop off number five. Hot take. If you are a certain height, over a certain height, and not an athlete or not formally an athlete, at least on a college level, you should be embarrassed. For a guy, I think the threshold is somewhere around 6'2 or 6'3. Probably over 6'3. Listen, I'm a mediocre athlete at best when playing a lot and practicing. And I stand about 70 and a half or 70 and three quarter inches, all right? So it's about 5'10 and a half, 5'10 and three quarters, about an inch and a half taller than the U.S. average. And I got to believe if I were five or six inches taller, even I could be a college athlete. Listen, don't be a doof that just buys clown shoes and double XL shirts and drinks big gulps all day. Get off the couch, get active and focus on a sport when you're 15 or 16 and tall as hell then. All right, listen, I saw a 6'5 guy with a dad bod and blue hair walking around New York City last week. Embarrassing. What a friend from mine called that back in the day was wasted height. Pop off number six. This is a lukewarm take. You can't use the word retarded to describe something that you find silly or trivial. All right? I've heard this more times than I ever would expect to hear this from people in a professional setting like acquaintances, maybe even some friends. You can't use that word. In 2020, it's so insensitive. About when, you, when you're talking about all the mental illness out there and um, you, know, there's, like, you just can't use the word retarded in some kind of trivial sense or some kind of a, a joking sense or describe something that's, that's undesirable or, or, or not good or, or um, not well thought out. All right, Just can't do it. It's really inappropriate. So I cringe when I hear it. I still hear it more, more than, uh, than I would expect uh, at, this, at, at this point in, uh, in our societal, uh, in society. Pop off number seven. Hot take. Bagels with butter are better than bagels with cream cheese. Whoa, yeah. Listen, I know cream cheese is preferred over butter. I actually saw a survey once that, you know, I, I, you, you would think it was like 90-10. People prefer cream cheese over butter about 70-30, 75-25, which is actually lower than I expected. You know, I think butter is just flat out better. And when melted properly with, with, with an appropriate amount, generously topped to the bagel, it really solidifies a good bagel. Cinnamon raisin bagel, everything bagel, sesame, Especially in New York, where the bagels are superior. Yes, they're they're better than other parts of the country. I'm sorry if you live on the West Coast and this offends you. It's just it's just true. It's the water. It's I don't know. It's the 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 um the Jewish American influence. I don't know what it is. The bagels are better. Listen, cream cheese is good. 
I like it. I get it sometimes. But butter's just better. Also, what is up with these bagel places just glopping on cream cheese like it's going out of style? Like like you're trying to glue together, uh, like super glue together like, like the two different bagel heads. It's disgusting to eat any food with that ratio of condiment on it to the, to the actual food. Now, are, are people just too lazy to spread butter? It's harder naturally and sometimes it's, it's just not soft enough when served. But butter is better than cream cheese on a bagel. Hot take. Thanks for listening to the Chris Ham Podcast. Please follow me on Twitter, at Chris N. Ham. Your support and feedback is incredibly valuable as I grow this podcast. So please tell me what you like, what you don't like, and feel free to suggest topic ideas. Take it easy, friends. Be well.